Welcome to Questions About Heaven, a podcast about giving Bible answers to our questions about the afterlife with God. Each week we seek to answer real-life questions with biblical answers about the life beyond this world. Now, here's your host, Brad Zockel. And a wonderful day to you. This is Brad Zockel, and you're listening to the Questions About Heaven podcast. Today we're going back into Revelation chapter 16, moving on through this monumental chapter about the judgment of God against those who rebel. It's uh, very, very sobering. And we'll look at that in just a little bit. But first of all, I wanted to thank you once again. We're coming near the end of the year, and we've had some friends just being so very, very kind in your encouragement and also in your gifts, and it means a lot. I'm here in the barn studio right now. Having arrived back, I spent the week, and I left on Friday, headed up to the Appalachian region, uh, moving through and speaking in Virginia, West Virginia, Kentucky. Oh, it was a wonderful time. I was First of all, uh, I spoke three times over in Pound, Virginia, at Independent Baptist Church in Pound, Virginia, Pastor Randy Reagan. It's wonderful, wonderful. He, he and his wife, Pam, were just wonderful, and their reception and the congregation was so, so enthusiastic about the subject of heaven. We had a very generous Q&A time in the evening time. Then the next day, we moved on over to West Virginia, where I was able to be the speaker at a Heaven is Home evening. And uh, this, was be, this would be in Williamson, West Virginia. And I was welcomed by Pastor Hiram Judson of Calvary Baptist Church in Williamson, West Virginia. Had a wonderful time. First uh, made a presentation of our condition in heaven, our walk with God the Father in heaven, what we would be like in heaven. And then we had an extensive question and answer time. And then the next day, it was most um, humbling for me to be asked to be one of the conference speakers at the Appalachian Independent Ministers uh, Fellowship that they had over in Paducah, Kentucky. And so we had a wonderful morning with them. And on the way home, I was able to meet with a wonderful pastor in uh, Tennessee and talking about our ministries together. And then I made my way home across the mountains, and here I'm back in the upper climbs of South Carolina. Very nice. And this was my last extensive travel out of the state for the calendar year. And through the holidays, I have a lot of desk work to do here. I have piles and piles of letters to answer and all sorts of things to take care of as we're going near the end of the year. And so I'll be here and recording and working with enthusiasm on the podcast and such. So thank you so much. I want you to remember that you can follow us on our new website, theheaventour.com, theheaventour.com. And it is mobile ready. It is, uh, you can see it on your phone. I'm very excited about that. And I'm adding to that constantly, getting things down here. You'll be able to see some pictures of my travel along with extensive studies on heaven when you go to the heaven questions section. You can put in a keyword and then everything about that section will come up. That subject will come up. You put down angels. Every one of the videos that I've done, and I've made, I think, 800 videos now, Everyone in one-minute segments will come up there that refers to angels in the study, or you put down family in heaven, or, or Jesus Christ. Those You put down a keyword or phrase, and you will see those coming up, an easy access in case somebody has questions. And it's really great for you if you're with somebody or you're in a Bible study, and a question comes up, and you say, hang on a second, let's go look at it. 
So that's all available for you on our website, the uh, theheaventour.com, the T H E Heaventour T O U R dot com. And don't forget uh, as well, if you would like to uh, see some more of the the clips, the different teaching, the Heaven Tour on YouTube, the Heaven Tour. Just put that in the search engine within YouTube. And then you can also enjoy uh, coming and joining us on our weekday morning uh, broadcast, the, uh, the different presentations I have in live teaching during the course of the week, Monday through Friday at 9.30 in the morning. Well, we're looking at Revelation chapter 16, and we're looking at a very, very tough, tough passage here. It's the judgments. When we start, and we start going through the scriptures in the book of Revelation, as we've talked about this, the introduction to Revelation and uh, the the welcome and the warning to the believer is found in Revelation chapter 1. This is not to be sealed. You are to share these things. And then you look in chapter 2 and uh, chapter 3, and those are direct messages to the churches, which can also apply to the churches today as it's being uh, presented there, the warnings and the commendations to those. Then you start looking at the hereafter section, the metatalta is what it's called in the Greek, after these things. This starts in chapter 4 and continues all the way to chapter 22 in Revelation. Starting in chapter 6, then John is writing about the terrors, the wrath, the judgment of God upon the earth. We've seen these coming in the seal judgments. There are seven of them. Then we see the second set, the trumpet judgments. There are seven of those. And then we move on into the seven bowls. Some say vials of God's wrath. Those are the final ones. They're all in sevens. That's the perfect number. They are multiplied by three, also the perfect number. You have 21 judgments that are coming, and they are going to be in a complete judgment upon rebellious man. So I'm going to start reading, backing up and reading some, and then we will continue on in these judgments going. In the face of this, there is just a continual fight against the Lord. I will not bend down at all. So when we see this, I'm going to read from the legacy version this time when we look at this. And so the legacy version translation is very faithful to the Greek, very literal. Uh, in there. So I want to read that. I will move around to different translations, and I wanted you to see this. Now, I'll go back to chapter uh, 16, verse 4, go on down through 10, and then keep moving on, and then we'll handle the next part. The third angel poured out his bowl into the rivers and the springs of waters, and they became blood. Verse 5, and I heard the angel of the waters saying, Righteous are you who is and who was, O holy one, because you judged these things, for they poured out the blood of saints and prophets, and you have given them blood to drink. They deserve it. And I heard the altar saying, Yes, O Lord God, the Almighty, true and righteous are your judgments. And the fourth angel poured out his bowl upon the sun. This is in verse 8. And it was given to it to scorch the men with fire. And men were scorched with fierce heat, and they blasphemed the name of God, who has the authority over these plagues. And they did not repent so as to give him glory. Then the fifth angel, which is where we are now, poured out his bowl on the throne of the beast. See, it went to the beast now. The fifth angel poured out his bowl on the throne of the beast, and his kingdom, the kingdom of the beast, became darkened. 
and they gnawed their tongues because of pain, and they blasphemed the God of heaven because of their pain and their sores, and they did not repent of their deeds. Let's start with this one and these two, then we'll move on as we have time. We're looking at this judgment coming in verse 10. You will note something now. The direction goes from earth and goes and targets the kingdom of the beast specifically. And so we see a a direction of this judgment coming very clearly put out here. The first bowl that started uh, also went in and went against those of the beast. Now, the first bowl talked about those who took his mark. This one goes right after the beast's throne. So what happens? Well, we know, as we keep talking about, as 1 John talks about, that the kingdom of the Lord, the kingdom of God, is a kingdom of light. This kingdom becomes a kingdom that is totally taken over by darkness. Now, this can be a reference to the leadership that this is run by the by the satanic forces. It could be them that they are not able to understand, move about in a definite way, that they are in darkness, in confusion, and chaos, uh, and there is no semblance of orderliness here too, and it means the world of those following him are in confusion because he is in darkness himself, the beast himself, this false messiah, this antichrist, those, and those that are around him. His leadership is also set in darkness. That can mean that, all right, uh, on here. Now, when we see this, it, it can be, uh, as we're taking a look here, that All of this is being built up, built up. We're going to see what happens in 17 and 18, what will happen to these kingdoms. And as we know, we're looking at a literal man, this one that's known as the beast in the translations is who we're calling the Antichrist, the false messiah, a man, okay? So we have a specific person, and then we have a specific throne on here. Now, when we see this, this could be, there's, there's many different discussions about this. Is this a Babylon? Is it literally called Babylon on this rebuilt city of his domain? It could be. Uh, at the Euphrates, it very well could be uh, on here. When we see this, we have a reference to this back in Zechariah chapter 5 on here. But let's move on. The kingdom becomes full of darkness. This reminds us way back. Do you remember this? Exodus chapter 10. The Lord said to Moses, stretch out your hand toward heaven that there may be darkness over the land of Egypt. The ones who were oppressing, causing forceful pain, are now going to be uh, given darkness here. Darkness that you could even feel. This is what it tells you in Exodus chapter 10. And this is actually what Moses did. He stretched out his hand. Let me continue reading there toward heaven. There was a thick darkness in all the land of Egypt for three days. They did not see one another, nor did anybody rise from his place for three days. Three is a number of completeness, remember. But all of the children of Israel, well, that's different. They had light in their dwellings. So what you see here in this bowl is this. You had seen in the previous judgment that we talked about in the previous podcast, there was a sun brightness you couldn't handle, fire, fire, scorching fire, blinding, brightness, uh, everything. And people could hardly move around because of the intensity of the sun. And you have the complete opposite here. 
you have darkness so dark it's thick you can feel it i remember being at indian echo caverns in pennsylvania or the lost sea caverns down in tennessee and they would do this regular routine of turning off all the lights and i always wonder what would happen if they couldn't turn them back on and the thickness was so amazing that you would we would talk and swing our hands in front of our face and try to hear the echo off of our hand but we couldn't see our hand amazing darkness and it didn't stay on for very long. It was disorienting, and you could hear people say, okay, lights back on, lights back on. What if this was for an hour? What if it was for a day? What if it was for three days? Unreal in this thought. Now, when we see this one, there's nothing that can happen. The unholy trinity, the godless entity known as the dragon, it is a mockery of God the Father, the beast, the mockery of Jesus Christ, uh, God in the flesh, and this is actually the satanic power in the flesh, and then the false prophet, which is a mockery of the Holy Spirit. There's nothing they can do. And now when I see this, we, uh, we, we notice something. This thickness causes a deep anguish, all right? That's the word for pain here, ponu, ponu. It is anguish. And what happens is, this could be perhaps them moving about. They are injuring themselves. Perhaps this comes suddenly so people can't drive and there are accidents or pedestrians are hit or people are working on machinery and whatever happens, pain is introduced here and it's an intense pain so bad. Well, if you became severely injured, how could you make it to the hospital? The lights of it. I mean, imagine this, the intense lightness uh, headlights won't penetrate it. Uh, per, perhaps there has been a whole power failure, such as always been talked about. You know, what if there was a massive solar flare from the sun knocking out all of our electronics and we couldn't have internet, we couldn't have uh, uh, illumination from LED lighting or even flashlights would be uh, useless against a thick darkness that overcomes a, a meager beam. All right, this is unbelievable, uh, just uh, uh, the intensity of this, too much so that they are actually biting their tongues in pain, biting them, gnawing it's used in there uh, from this. And isn't it something? These, this, uh, the, the, the tongue that was able to freely mock and blaspheme is now the tongue that's being chewed in pain. They did not change, though. Verse 11, they blaspheme the God of heaven, they did not have, within that time, wouldn't there be a time to cry for mercy and grace? We talked about this, and somebody had asked about this uh, earlier today. What does it say about the grace of God? For by grace are you saved through faith. It is a gift of God. It is not of works, lest any man should boast. This is by the God's gift of grace. Ephesians 2, 8, and 9 say that in coming. And in Romans chapter 10, verses 9 and 10 say, in believing in this Jesus, in following him, in your loyalty to him, and confessing him with your mouth as well, living a life that includes a verbal call in honoring the Lord. But they're not going to do this. They're going to continue to blaspheme the God of heaven. And remember, when I tell you this, I, you remember the story I told you about when we lived in North Carolina in a country house and we had a, 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 a cockatiel that had actually flown over to our property by accident. So I took him in as a pet and he was dropping seed everywhere. We started getting mice. I laid out different uh, traps 
And one morning, early in the mornings, I came out to check them. A mouse had been caught on one of the mouse traps there. It caught over his leg. But as you can see through the story, he drug the trap over and actually went for more food in his pain. And that's the one that severed over and across his head and killed him. And I thought even in his pain, he was overcome by the need to be greedy. He needed more, did not concentrate on getting away. And I think of this, even in their pain, they did not seek a remedy, which would clearly be the mercy of God. They continued on. Their pains and their sores, which would happen. And you go back, Revelation chapter 16, verse 2, the first one, they receive sores because of the judgments. You see in the fifth bowl, the pains that have come here, uh, when you had seen all of the wrath coming down on the, the grievous uh, power of the sun, all of these things. And yet, there's no repentance. Now, I think I have enough time to just touch on this. In verse 12, the great river Euphrates and its water was dried up. Now, what happens is at the sixth trumpet, this is known as the second woe, you had four angels released who had been bound at that river Euphrates. But this, uh, we take a look at this now. That was the sixth trumpet, all right, on here. Then you see this sixth bowl. There's a connection in this. And there's something here we want to take a look at. They have both a reference to the river Euphrates, and it looks like this is a repetition in the sixth bowl of what happens in the sixth trumpet. You are going to see here, this is an interesting thing, these four angels during the sixth trumpet, you're going to see them. They were the ones who had brought out the horsemen that had had a massive attack on the rebellious mankind, culminating in one-third of mankind being affected and killed on this. But you don't see that here. This happens to be the drawing of the Euphrates to make a sort of a highway. And the reference here is the kings of the east are making a move. This uh, you're going to see is when you see this, this is going to be the humans moving on. You're not seeing, uh, this is not a celestial army going on here. What's happening here is a moving, when you saw in the sixth trumpet back there, you saw this opening of a battle which is coming on. These ones are moving on at the seventh trumpet and introduced all of these bold judgments. These two things are separate events here, but it's interesting. They're both at the sixth announcement of the series of judgments here, but they're moved. And what happens is the anciently known Euphrates River, the, the, the Euphrates of history dries up. And here, if you remember this, go way back and this is mentioned in uh, Genesis chapter 2. Euphrates was one of the rivers there before the flood, before uh, Noah's flood. And you also see this. Go over to Genesis chapter 15. And what do you see there? In the promised land, you're going to see this as a boundary marker as well uh, on here. And you're going to see it all through history. This one, the Euphrates River is mentioned on here. And when you see this, it has an identification with Babylon. You see it. When you take a look, and you're going to take this Euphrates River, the kings from the east come over here. They are coming from the east. You see that they're moving and they're on the move 
towards something that is going to culminate in an intense action. And I would love to tell you more, but we've run out of time. This is Brad. We're continuing our walk through the book of Revelation verse by verse. We're in Revelation chapter 16, moving from the intense darkness into the drying of the Euphrates and something's on the move. We'll talk some more about this. Listen, thank you so much as we talk about things like this. Study these things, replay this, listen very carefully, get an understanding of the judgments of God against the rebellious and the rewards of the Lord to the righteous. We can also end on a high note, on a happy note here, in understanding that in leading those to salvation, they, ha they can escape this judgment. And God will be true as the call has been for God's justice to be done. All through these ages, it's going to be done. This is Brad. I want to thank you so much for joining me here on Questions About Heaven. We've been studying the book of Revelation. Lord willing, I'll have another podcast for you uh, coming out tomorrow. God bless you. In order for the Heaven Tour to continue fulfilling our mission, we humbly ask for your support. Your generosity allows us to continue to proclaim and explain the biblical truth of heaven and to mentor many. All eligible donations are tax deductible, so please prayerfully consider an end of year gift. You can send your gift to the Heaven Tour, P.O. Box 795 Pickens, South Carolina 29671. Thank you and have a blessed Thanksgiving.